Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where I speak to artists, musicians, about what they've done aside from being the artist who we know them for. And this week, we got Miles McCabe of Me Rex. 
I've known Miles for quite a long time, but I've never really asked him the questions that I would have liked to. And so this was my opportunity. And no better time after he's released his 52-track album to be played on Shuffle, Mega Bear, which he collaborates with producer Rich Mandel, artist John O'Gans, to create this Choose Your Own Adventure record. You can buy it on Big Scary Monsters physically. You can find it on megabear.co.uk. It is a whole universe of an album. And aside from that behemoth project, Miles has had a slew of totally excellent sideline jobs. So, 101 part-time jobs is the place for him. So here's Miles McCabe of Me Rex and also Fresh. Go well. Cheers! Thanks so much for being up for this. Wicked, yeah, no, cheers. Thanks for asking. What I love about you and me, Rex, is you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Growing up, you know, I was massively obsessed with Kerrang, all kinds of different guitar music magazines. And, and there was always this narrative that, you know, I think it's kind of ingrained with us from an early age that if we're going to do something artistically, then if it's going to go well, it's going to go well really quickly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and also the idea that it has to happen like when you're 20. Yeah. Right. Which which like, uh, you know, I was in I was in a band before and uh, and and like it was it was one of those things where things things were starting to go quite well. And then just kind of the wheels fell off and, you know, it didn't it didn't happen. But um yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really glad of that now because, kind of in that, in that space in between, I found something that is, you know, that feels a lot more sustainable, you know. Um, and that's what this podcast is about, really. I mean, it started obviously, you know, hearing about people's funny jobs in between is great, and sure. you know, you're you're a perfect person for that. But also on like a very kind of, you know, a very earnest and si- sincere note that exactly that sustainability great cynics was my band was you know it was like everything was going well for you know a a a good period of time yet at no one point did i ever feel sustainable in it and it actually just felt like Mm. naive and dangerous and immature yeah and also the the idea that you're that you're chasing a specific thing right rather than uh, and this is going to sound like a cliche but you know doing it for the love well it's like you having it it's like you, you are it it's not like right, you're exactly, following something yeah. you are it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I in the past certainly felt like um, I was I was kind of working towards a specific point rather than just enjoying the you know the process of it. We're humans, right? We're sensitive earthlings. Like that's going to fuck with our identity. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's another thing I feel about um, you know uh, Mirax as a project. I I don't feel any um, kind of obligation for for one um release to sound like the the one before it i mean mirex is now a band um i suppose only time will tell how that unfolds and like the dynamic that becomes you as friends and as bandmates and workmates uh, but up until very recently it being just you does that give you that creative license to do that Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, kind of you're creatively not accountable to anyone else and, and, um, yeah, just, just able to, um, uh, to take things in, in whatever direction you want. Um, I, 
yeah, I mean, and that was that was kind of a conscious choice for for a while, uh, based on the the experience of of being in a band before, you know, the organization, the dealing with personalities and and all that stuff, and 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 kind of over the years, I've with Mirex, I've collaborated with a lot of people, you know, Orla Samina in the past, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, Luke who I who I recorded with before. Um, uh, but but it's but it's always it kind of been a solo project thing, and now we've kind of taken that step into like I, I, identifying the project as a band. What was that first band called? Uh, Saint Spirit. And how far were you touring? Were you releasing records? Yeah, like we we did a um, an EP, and you know some some gigs here and there, some like festivals and stuff. You know, little bits of radio um, and yeah just uh, just like it it kind of uh, very suddenly became this sort of um this industry focused thing um and i just like I, at the time I, I i just couldn't really handle that you know i stopped being able to write unlike you know other other stuff going on in my life as well just kind of like it just yeah it just it, it like i said before it wasn't it wasn't a sustainable thing it wasn't it wasn't an approach to music that i felt well, not even that I felt at the time, you know, at the time I wanted to, I wanted to keep hacking away at it, but, um, it just, you know, it just wasn't right. Funny how it gets like that. Right. I mean, would you, would you describe yourself as a determined person? Oh, um, yes. A determined is, is maybe, is, is maybe a kind way of putting it. Um, I, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hyper-focus on stuff and um i'll 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 obsess about stuff and i'll and i'll work work really hard um for for something that i want a lot of time to the detriment of um you know other other things in my life has that had anything to do with the amount of time you've waited between releases and you know a full length oh yeah uh weirdly that i it wasn't something that I thought about all that much. Like the songs were coming to me as EPs, right? So I I would write four in in a in a block of time, and and it would and and they would kind of seem to me like they like they fit together for the most part. Um, and then I I just kind of got into the rhythm of that, and for a long time. Sorry, uh, for a long time, I I thought that I, I, I you know I wouldn't write an album just because um, it didn't it didn't really make sense. Like I'm not personally, I'm not really a a, a vinyl head. Um, I, I I I I didn't I didn't kind of have that as a focus that I was writing towards. Um, and yeah, that that album that album format it wasn't something that I mean you know I love I love digesting music like that but it wasn't something that was screaming out to me that i needed that i needed to write um and i suppose i still haven't in that in that you got sense. away with yeah. it you actually yeah yeah actually worked around it made an album without having to make a, a start and a finish literally. yes exactly yeah brilliant yeah. and those eps are by name obviously uh by lyrics you tell me but co- sort of concept concept releases oh um i mean that so they're they're all you know uh i suppose i never really thought about it this way but they're you know they're autobiographical 
and they're written for the most part they're you know around a, a section of time um so but but other than other than that conceptually i don't think there's there's anything that that kind of binds them together we've been running around in similar circles we lived both at Asbury Castle at different points and, you know, at the same larger, wider friend group where we might be housemates with promoters and other people doing creative stuff and being artists. And since I was first, well, since I met you or since I was first aware of you, I often thought, and I never had the, I never thought it was ever a right time to, <laughs> to ask you, but, you know, I'm such a big fan of you. You write amazing lyrics. You have such an original way of playing. It it often occurred to me the thought, you know, the question, how how seriously did you take it? How much did your life revolve around it? Yeah, I mean, with with Mega Bear, it became like it 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 became an obsession. You know, this thing like I I felt I felt like I'd I'd stumbled across something, and I just wanted to think about it all the time. I wanted to talk about it all the time. So, what year was this starting? What year did Mega Bear as a concept? It would have been like two thousand and eighteen, I think, early two thousand eighteen, maybe even maybe even before that, but like you know i had the idea and it took a long time to write it and it took uh, a long time to to record it as well and, and to get all of that to work and then you know i came to jono with with my with my idea of the artwork um and and yeah obviously that that took a long time that was a huge project um and there's there's actually there's actually more to that that hasn't hasn't quite been revealed yet great but it's all, you know, it's all out there. It's just like there's a there's a layer to it that um, that people maybe haven't seen yet. And these layers, I mean, that's yeah. I, I, for me, looking at your music, looking at you as me, Rex, it, it is layers upon layers upon layers, lyrically and building it up over the last 10, 10 years. Are we are we going on a decade of me, Rex? Oh, ah, oh, it must be getting up there. No, so um, I think. I think 2015 probably is when it is when it kind of start, started um, in earnest. Yeah. So I suppose when yeah, you start be, a project, when I played in... that first tour with um, uh, with Perky, Mickey Day, Kelly Kemp, um, Chrissy Barnacle, it's a crew of legends. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was um, that was a really really incredible uh, experience. That was the first like proper tour I'd ever done, and um, yeah, it couldn't couldn't have ask for for better people to do it with uh did that was there a bout of confidence that came with that oh for sure absolutely like uh, when i kind of before that i i'd recorded the the sort of demo version of triceratops that was that was up for a while um but i didn't i didn't really know who i was who i was making it for um you know i didn't know how i would how i would present it um and and yeah it it didn't it didn't really feel like it was part of something larger at all we all go through ups and downs that's just being a human but have you gone through downs of of that you know you're thinking about who you're playing to or who these songs are for or you know how how you're seeing yourself in the mirror um oh certainly yeah i mean like i think particularly and i kind of touched on this earlier as well um you know gradually letting go of this idea that if you're 
that firstly that that success in music is this one specific thing right where you know there's your your main staging giant festivals and and making loads of money and um everyone's everyone's talking about it and everyone's listening to it and and it was kind of beginning with that tour um you know the idea that there was a lot of value in in doing this this much more kind of community based thing uh that you know uh, the 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 diy community i suppose so so that idea as well and and also the other one that i that i did touch on before uh about how it has to happen for you when you're really young as well um and and yeah i like i worried about that a lot like you know thinking about you know i'm not going to be able to write once i'm past a certain age you know uh it, the the music that i make won't be relevant or valuable once i'm past a certain age and it's it's just complete nonsense um Absolutely. and and yeah and also kind of within that as well something that's really difficult is the jealousy that that you get as well um really really tough seeing other people people that you like being having having success that you want um and not being able to feel good about feel you know happy for them because because of that jealousy um and it's it's not a nice it's not a nice feeling at all but um that's something that i feel like i've grown out of somewhat i think we've all experienced things like that. i certainly have you know even when things were going well for me at times you'd look at other friends and you'd be like oh i wish i was doing what they were doing and for sure you know, thanks for saying that because that's really candid. I think that's like a hard, you know, and and I think it, I think yeah, it doesn't think, feel good. <laughs> but you know, we are we are humans. We we, we can be futile. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's Tell fine. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now is a good juncture to say that you're working at a stall selling magnetic glasses frames on Deptford High Street out here. Yeah, I, I was. That was. Um uh so obviously i'm down in down in brighton now um but yeah that's so i was doing that at one point um and uh like uh you know deliver uber cycle courier i have to just ask because i never quite asked you at the time and i loved this period of my life by the way like i hold this in seeing you i'd either all be on my way back from the doll or i'd yeah. be on the way back from the hospital radio up in charlton two things i really like doing and walking down my road and seeing you selling glasses is just magnetic glasses <laughs> frames. It was just like a magical part of my day. You know, one of my favorite yeah. songwriters is selling, you know, magnetic yeah, yeah. glasses frames. It's brilliant. So, so that was, um, my, my dad actually died, um, last year in August, but, um, it was his, it, it was his quote unquote invention. Um, the, these, these magnetic glasses and he was, I mean, a lot, a lot like me um in in many regards and this was kind of um an obsession of his for, for a few years you know he had this he had this idea of these glasses that are there so for anyone <laughs> for anyone who's struggling to picture how how glasses could be magnetic they're the where the where the bridge is at the front they um they have two magnets that attach together and then they're attached at the back with a silicon strap so you can you can kind of pull your lenses apart and just have them hang around your neck um and that's for reading glasses you know just just for convenience 
um and and at the time of him inventing that you know it it was already a pro- a, a product that existed um out out in the world um but it, it, you know he it, it improved upon it um i i actually came up with part of the part of the design that meant that it could be repatented um no way yeah yeah it's i'm not going to i'm not going to go into the details but it was to do with the way that they they separate and having a a notch in it, it doesn't it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter um but yeah he had he kind of always had these sort of uh get rich quick schemes and some of them some of them worked very well and then uh you know there there would be there would be highs and lows and 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 this was one of them and so i was i was selling them on Deptford market uh and lewisham market as well so i had this i had this kind of trolley thing that i'd gotten on facebook marketplace or something and i'd load it up in the morning with all these all these um like boxes and boxes and boxes of these magnetic glasses and then i would drag it by hand from peckham to deptford or to to lewisham or whatever and and yeah just sit there with this in this little stool with this little table and and sell glasses all day um yeah that is fantastic didn't, it wasn't it wasn't a very successful That's, that brings so much joy but yeah it was you know it was it was a good time it's the kind of thing that i mean that's got dragon's den written all over it sure sure i mean i'm not going on that <laughs> to present you know this project this product that already exists and um you know there's there's the limited limited interest for but, yeah. <laughs> did you get much chat on deptford high street on deptford market oh god yeah i mean it's it's full of characters um but yeah yeah i mean like i get to know people who would who would come and say hi every day and not buy anything but you know it would be it would be a chat <laughs> yeah you're one of them to be fair i don't need glasses but ah but these i ah, know these are these are great you should get yourself a pair you, you never know i mean you know we're getting we're getting to that age where we're gonna gonna start need reading glasses i mean with that was that we we so you, you were riding deliverer as well yeah. I mean, I mean, it goes without saying, if we start a project, I mean, I don't know about you, I sort of felt it when I was a bit younger, like, oh, be, be in a band and then we'll go on tour. And then once you go on tour, you you just go on tour. You just don't come home. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, did you get a glimpse of that? Have you ever been fooled by that? It, it, it's a tricky one because um, the the touring life is not great for the old noggin um you know personally i'm i'm in recovery and so i have certain you know reco- i'm a recovering alcoholic so like i have certain um you know processes that i need to go through and having having a regular schedule having time to to myself is you know that's all that's all kind of important parts of it that you that you miss out on um you know like getting to meetings of groups um is is stuff that that is difficult to navigate on tour but at the same time you know it means that you get to you get to go to them in different places you get to see all these all these different parts of the world and and it can be a really a really you know beautiful enriching experience but it it certainly takes its toll as well and so touring quite a lot with fresh um and and with Mirex as well it you know there there have been times when when that has been has been really quite difficult yeah 
I mean, just being at home in itself gives you a stability, doesn't it? It gives you a schedule. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And like I even 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 then, I'm not someone who can easily stick to a schedule. Like I I I actually um yeah, I only through talking to a lot of people recently about it and and you know, it's something I'm now pursuing a diagnosis on. I realized I I may well have ADHD that I right. you know, I uh, that I just it, it never would have occurred to me. You know, I have a certain arrogance uh i think that uh <laughs> that that means i tend to assume that my experience of the world is is the default right you know it took me it took me years to admit that i needed glasses i was literally sitting on tetford market selling glasses to other people you know not able to make out <laughs> your face coming down the street um and 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 thinking that i didn't need that i didn't I need glasses yeah you thought i was ignoring you yeah yeah in my mind, you've you've had glasses for a long time. I've I've wanted them. I mean, don't they don't they suit me? One hundred percent. Yeah, they, you know, I wanted glasses. Uh, I wanted glasses, and I just like <laughs> I, it just didn't occur to me that that my vision was was uh, suboptimal. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. So I'm coming up on nine years sober um i got sober when i was when i was 20 well done thanks um and so yeah like that it was uh, you know a very dramatic change initially and then just sort of gradual learning with this with this occasional kind of big revelations like that um you know that i need glasses that i you know that you know x behavior is 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 damaging me that you know i've been uh, you know uh, and and through kind of you know doing a lot of 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 writing and and kind of self-reflection you know realize you know having these having these these revelations that we have over time um about you know the way that the way that we we are in the world and 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 realizing as well that the way that i respond to the world is not entirely based on having rational thoughts and responding to them right you know it's it's affected by all these things like you know have i slept well have i eaten you know uh when was the last time i meditated all of all of this stuff will will affect my my decisions um and and i think you know that's the kind of a more recent revelation it's just this this presumption that i'm kind of out in the world as a as a rational actor um it's just you know it's just it's just not the case but but also back uh, on onto the um the 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 work thing part of part of the revelation i had about you know the fact that i i may well have adhd is you know i've always i've always gone for jobs that don't really involve admin you know i i've, I've worked in a lot of cafes i've done a lot of 
uh, personal assistant work for for young people with disabilities, that kind of thing. You know, the market stalls, the worked as a, a, a kids entertainer once um not for, not for very long not very long did not care for it was not good at it that was that was just like th- for an agency around london um yeah it, it didn't it, I, I think i did two and i just like i, I couldn't I, I was supposed to fill up all these water balloons in like five seconds it's so hard it's so difficult they just snap they fall these all these kids wanting to have a water balloon fight it's yeah no it's uh it, it wasn't it wasn't for me but but like i i've always i always good. um you know i've been seeking out work that 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 doesn't involve certain kinds of admin and certain kinds of processes that i that i um i'm kind of consciously and, un- and unconsciously avoiding um you know, at, at the moment I'm working, I have a job I really love actually. Um, I'm working for a charity that kind of helps uh, young people with disabilities to, uh, with, with learning disabilities to, um, to find work. And specifically the, the, you know, the part that I do is, is with cafe work. Cause I've done a lot of barista work over the years and um, a lot of personal assistant work as well. So it was just kind of, you know, this, this perfect thing for me. Mm. Um and I get a lot out of it. I really, really love it. And part of that, uh, part of that, uh, the the rationalization for for the t- kind of work that I've always chosen as well is that you know I need to be flexible for for going away on tour. And that's you know that's that's absolutely part of it. But the whole time there was this kind of unconscious thing underneath it. That unconscious thing being oh, b- being just wanting to avoid certain kinds of job. I have this presumption as I think a lot of fans do where you speak to someone who's in a band or uh, in a, who's an artist that you're a fan of and you just, there is this presumption that that's their main thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Would you consider it your main thing? Are you quite open to tell people about that or is it, is it a more private entity, more private thing for you? Oh, um, cause I, you know, I spoke to so many people who would go to work and not tell their boss or tell their colleagues that they're in a band cause they just don't want to talk about it. And I, fully understand that but i also think that having that kind of admission just that kind of openness yeah does um, yeah i get i get not wanting your colleagues to to know that you're in a band yeah totally um because i think when i mean partly and this is this is you know part of part of my stuff uh when someone tells me that they're in a band I assume that it's bad, you know, I just, <laughs> right. Which is not a good, which is not a good thing, but, and then I, you know, I, I assume that other people will, will assume that. Right. Um, <laughs> and so th- there is, there is that reluctance and then, but then mm. also you, you, you don't want to be like when you do tell them, then compensating for that by being like, oh, but we've done this and we, we're a proper band and we go on tour and we, you know, all that, all that nonsense. Like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the, the idea that, you know, you have, you have to have a certain level of success to legitimize being an artist or, you know, working on music or, you know, anything like that. If I put myself in your shoes and explained, oh yeah, I'm doing this album with 52 tracks on, and actually you're not supposed to play them in order, <laughs> and actually no one's ever done it before. Yeah, yeah. Take them. Oh, cool. I'll never listen to that. <laughs> 52 tracks? No way. Oh, great. It sounds bad. Uh, quick diversion. Are they? They're in the same key. 
Are they? Uh, yeah. So there's so there's like um, there's one where it where it kind of modulates away and then back again, but but mostly yeah they're they're in B flat, and um, the reason for that is because while we were while I was writing it while I was while we were recording it while we were making it the whole thing we had no idea if it was going to work at all like on any level but you went into the studio knowing that it was going to knowing the concept knowing the concept but not knowing whether the shuffle thing would work you know not knowing whether it would be whether it whether it could be seamless whether it would sound good even because there's a lot of you know 52 times 2 is 104 so there's 104 ends that need to connect up with each other every beginning and ending oh sure yeah yeah how many times have you thought about this <laughs> yeah. more times than there are possibilities yeah but but not even not even the not even uh 100 and 104 because they all have to sync up with all of them so it's you know it's it's a it's a a number that is beyond our comprehension which is hilarious in itself yeah 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 um so but yeah we went into we went into the studio we were recording it the whole thing of writing you know literally years of work <laughs> for this thing that we didn't know if it was going to work at all you know on any on any level and so there were there were certain things where we decided to be cautious you know there's a couple of time signature changes um and and hopefully uh, and sorry and luckily they you know they they work well enough um i think and certain dynamic shifts as well again we wanted to be fairly cautious like if i was if i was you know just writing a song in the in the usual way i wouldn't really have any qualms about going from very quiet to very loud or vice versa but at the same time you know we 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 worked in dynamics but without having it kind of too all over the place speaking about jobs i mean that is that is a job i mean you're working closely with rich mandel absolute legend shout out rich working with phoebe sure. working with with catherine was that i mean w- w- was that main relationship with rich you know when when you came up with that idea were you speaking to rich and asking him like is this possible would you be up for it i mean my my point being is that this is it's it's not it's bigger than a project it feels bigger than a project it's just like a really really big yeah puzzle it's a it's a it's a big ask right uh like it you know to be like can you can you work on this thing um we were like rich was i mean back then more or less just starting out like like he'd done withdraw i think already um we'd worked on flood together already um and i think we oh i think we had done one of the one of the eps as well but still like it's a it's a it's a lot to ask of someone um rich then being like saying yes to that he's he's got he's he's like dropped himself in it but but he was he was really excited about it you know like he he also you know we we there's a lot of stuff that we worked out together so like he has a bit more of a head for numbers and so worked out kind of roughly how many we how many choruses how many instrumentals you know i had a i had kind of like a vague idea of that of that kind of side of things but um yeah he he looked at the whole stats side of it you know was was like instantly really enthusiastic um and and yeah and like and like gave a lot conceptually as well yeah. and your r- recording sessions 
um i mean what was your schedule like that how how long were you in and out the studio for and how many sort of times a week so luckily yeah we had we had resident you know rich and Catherine as well at the time as well uh were working there so we got a lot of downtime um but a lot of it you know this is when rich and phoebe were living in um nunhead which was just up the road from from where i was so um a lot of it we did you know we tracked it, the the guides just in in their bedroom and um yeah there were days i think particularly when we started working on the fresh stuff as well where i would see i would see rich like pretty much every day of the week you know sometimes for two weeks running um yeah yeah luckily he's very patient it was it was a, a very drawn out process also kind of when we just started that we had just finished um triceratops too so it, it was it was it just it just felt like i think particularly for rich um that we, it was just like mirex recording for for years and years it would have felt like it being so busy and then you know stopping after that stopping you know having the projects having the records finished mm. that's something that we read around read about a lot it, especially with touring you know you're going around doing this exciting thing and you come home and it is like a different you're thrown upside down i mean did you get any of that when 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 you you know when you finished the masters when you laid it down and in front of you and said you know listen to it and thought this is it this is what we're going to release yeah was there a bit of an, an emotional downturn or a roller coaster going on there for for you yeah, I mean, this thing that we had been tinkering with and, uh, you know, adjusting and trying to perfect for, for so, so long and thinking about, you know, every day. Um, I I think at the time I was just glad that I could, I, I, I kind of finally had it in a, in a way, you know, in a format where I could listen to it and I could shuffle it and <laughs> the relief that it works. works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so, but, but then you're in that kind of frustrating place of like, I have this thing, like I, I think particularly with Mega Bear as well, because on top of that, I had this fear that someone else was going to do the idea, right? Like literally having nightmares about it. Um, <laughs> uh and, and yeah, and, and having just having to wait, just having this thing kind of you know in my in my pocket, and and um and having to wait, and and like being able to listen to it myself. I know it's not the coolest thing in the world to to admit, but I I yeah, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't obsessively listen to their own music, right? I think it's cooler that you listen to it. That you know, I think that should be the you know that should be the tagline. That should be on the sticker. Like, so it's good so good. That. It's the only thing I listen to. It's yeah. the only thing Miles listens to. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, it's such a good idea, and this concept, this idea has, you know, you've basically done everyone the biggest favor of sparking people's imaginations. I think that is the coolest gift you can give anyone. Yeah, I, I would love to see something that makes Mega Bear look boring right like someone someone else to take that format that album format in a different direction but i would really love to see what what someone else does with the with the same format and i hope it i hope it doesn't um come across as something that is like our thing right so i i hope that other artists feel that it's something that they could do and do in their own way and and um and bring something to and improve upon that didn't even come across my mind that anyone would think like that Oh, cool. The thing that struck me was like, oh, this is, you know, amidst all this ch chat of Spotify and streaming, let's 
take things into our into a different directions. That's what it said to me. It was like, you know, we don't have to just do the thing that everyone's been doing forever. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I've I've talked about this a lot, but it's it's this this thing of you know, we we don't use the same physical formats that we've always used. Mm. So so why kind of adhere to the structure that's that's largely influenced by them? Totally. And that's that's food for, you know, that make I have to kind of think about that. I have to let that process in my head, you know, because it's right, right. Because it's still a kind of new, you know, it's the new concept, even after these this many weeks of knowing it. And but it's amazing, Miles. You should be so proud and you should be you should be proud that, you know, giving people ideas and giving people oh, something to think, you know, a, a new experience. That's like the coolest thing that anyone can ever do is give other people experiences and, and share that with people. So thank you, you know, personally. Thanks. And uh, megabear.co.uk is a place to listen to it. It's .co.uk. .com was far too expensive. With the work that John O'Gans, shout out John O'Gans, an amazing illustrator. Yeah, an, an incredible, incredible job as well. Like, again, just like taking the concept and contributing so much to it um, without without kind of losing sight of, of what, it, what it was about. Yeah. Miles, thanks so much for being up for chatting about this. The the jobs, the part time jobs, you've you've had some really good ones. I mean, are there, are there any stories that really stick out? I mean, you know, for me, it's it's always been going to work in the in the rain, getting the buses around South London or North London for yeah. that matter. That feeling just makes me want to cry and laugh at the same time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's what's your equivalent of that? I mean, just this, this is the first thing that came to my mind when you when you talked about like traveling to work. I used to well, on the in the the first um, coffee job that I got. Actually, first I was a, I was a waiter at this place um, in in Southwark, um, and I had this little red skateboard that I'd, I'd zip along to work, in, um, and I used to go really really fast. I think the the I, I you know I don't know all the mechanics of a skateboard, but something was loose, right and <laughs> and it was this like you know freshly freshly paved uh streets in southwark i think they you know they'd recently done it all up and i was just it was a sunday morning no one around i was just like bombing it down really really quick and just hit a little stone or something came flying off and just smashed my knee to pieces there was one person there who saw it and so obviously i had to get up immediately and pretend i was completely fine um and oh my god and yeah it 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 damaged my knee so much like for the next few years every time it got cold um i would it it would it would really really hurt and and i kind of got into running last year and and again like it just really really messed it up um running did yeah 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 i think you know it just kind of uh, the, the putting putting that strain onto the onto the old injury uh just just kind of messed it up again i'll forever and, take you to that back to that place yeah yeah exactly yeah and that never be free so there was miles mega bear is available now like i say on big scary monsters also from the aforementioned megabear.co.uk thanks for listening and you can subscribe on your way out cheers here's cox barra i've been working all day for me mate on the side running around like a blue ass fly i've been working yeah i've been working all day This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.